0: Welcome to episode 131 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Jen Bunk. Jen is a career coach for tech managers, helping them to upgrade their teams, careers, paychecks and lives. Jen is also host of the People Stack podcast, where she interviews authors, coaches and leaders of tech companies from around the world. So Jen, can I ask you to expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and thank you so much for having me on, Phil. This is really exciting to to talk and to chat with you. Having my own podcast, it's it's very cool to interview people, but it's also very cool to be on the other side of the table as well. Too, um, yes. But yeah, um, you pretty much hit it spot on. Um, I am a career coach for technical managers. So what does that mean? So the folks who I help um, include folks in technical management positions. So tech managers, software engineering managers, IT managers, technical project and product managers, and the like. So folks who might be senior or director level, VP of engineering even, and sometimes even folks who are in data analytics or people who lead groups of scientists, even. Um, the way that I like to say it is if you know, the people who we help lead teams of geeks through long-term complex projects. And the career coaching side of it is that we, we help them upgrade their careers. And for some people, that means getting a promotion or getting a raise or both, or some people are on the job market, and they want to land that next level job to really move move up in their careers. And it's really also about wanting to do this without having to work your butt off 50, 60 hours a week and having that balance in your life. Um, so that is what we do. That is our core our core business where I spend um, most of my time. Um, but as a side uh, thing, my it's really like my my heart's mission um, is is doing the podcast, People Stack podcast, to really just get to connect with the community and learn and grow as well. Uh, so yeah, that's where I spend most of my time.
0: Right. Okay. And presumably, the people you you talk to on a regular basis, they all have different um, objectives for their careers and are at different different points within their careers as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's certainly every story has its wrinkles. Everybody has their own unique story. Uh, But what kind of ties them all together is that they're all kind of feeling stuck in their career somehow, Um, whether it's because, you know, I've been trying to get a promotion for X number of years and it hasn't been happening. What am I doing wrong? How can I approach this differently? Or, you know, like I said, like I'm doing okay, but okay means having to work so much that I don't have a life outside of work where I don't have energy enough energy to do that. And they're all what some folks might call sort of middle management. So a middle to upper management. So I'm not an executive coach per se. um, So I don't work with folks who are exclusively in the C-suite, especially C-suite at bigger companies. That's a much very different kind of job than say being even a VP or a director level. So it's either folks who directly lead the the teams of geeks, um, the the individual contributors, or they might be a lead of leads where they're leading the managers. Like if you're a VP or a director, you're leading the managers who need the software engineers or the data analysts or whoever that might be.
0: So Jen, can you perhaps share a career tip with the IT career energizer audience, one they perhaps don't know and should?
1: It's not enough to simply build your excellence. It's not enough to simply be excellent and strive to be the best and continually add value. Certainly, that's a part of it. But especially if you're looking to upgrade your career, but even if it's really just about wanting to have more of an impact where you are right now, what's also important there is to build that excellence, but also, as we call it, to evangelize that excellence as well. It's essentially self-promotion on steroids. That's when you get to really Involve other people in the process and let other people know, this is what I'm doing. This is what the team is doing. And it's really those two pieces, the building the excellence and the evangelizing the excellence that come together to that leads to career upgrading and also having more of an impact as well. And so many people just don't do the self-promotion, the evangelizing piece of it.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, Do you have any specific suggestions of how people should go about doing that themselves?
1: Great question. Um, Very carefully is my somewhat (laughs) snarky response. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's also, it's not so snarky because there's a really fine line. A a lot of people are uncomfortable to do it in the first place because, you know, it's to self promote, to talk about, here's the results that I'm, that I've delivered because they don't want to come off like a jerk. They don't want to come off like someone who only cares about money and results. It's about the process too. And it absolutely is. But there is kind of a fine line there. And so it really depends on the biggest challenges that you're facing around it. If you're not doing it at all, then it's about looking at why. You know, why is it that I believe that the results are just gonna come to me without people knowing about it? Right. And really taking a look at that. If it's that you've been doing it but haven't been getting the results, then it's taking a look at, well, what can I do better? Maybe there are ways that you can communicate in a clearer way in a more compassionate way that would resonate more with other people. So I think it really depends on what you, where you are with that and what, what your biggest, what your biggest challenges are.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so Jen, can you perhaps tell us about your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience?
1: It's about 10 years ago at this point. So, and, and I've been, been able to reflect on it and this was actually in, my previous life as an academic. So I was a college professor in my former life. I did that for about 10 years. And about five years into that journey, I went up for tenure and promotion. Um, so tenure is basically that's the academic holy grail. It's you basically you can't fire me unless you have a really, really good reason to. It's job security. It's ultimate in job security. And then I also went up for promotion, which is not it's very common to go up for both together um, tenure and promotion, getting promoted from ass- from assistant professor to associate professor. It's a whole long, drawn out process. It takes like a year, and it involves um, working at different levels of the university, the department, and with the dean, with the college, and with the university level. And there's the ultimate decision is a university committee that decides: Do you get tenure? And do you get do you get a promotion? And somewhat long story, somewhat shorter. When I went up for tenure and promotion, and I was talking with my department, so first it starts at the department level, basically working with my colleagues, there was a department committee to decide whether or not to recommend me for promotion and for tenure and promotion. The bar for tenure is a little bit lower, although it's still high. The bar for promotion is higher than that. And I still remember the meeting where I was sitting with my colleagues. These are people who I work with day in and day out. They're part of this decision committee. Um, And they basically said, okay, we looked at everything, Jen. We heard heard what you said, and we're going to recommend you for tenure, but not promotion. And this was a huge what just happened moment for me because I was expecting them to fully support me, like fully support me for both. And when they didn't recommend me for a promotion, it was almost like this out of body, what is going on here experience. Can we rewind until you tell me the real thing here? I was shocked. I was angry. Um, and I mean, I actually remember I was just trying to just getting through the meaning and just sort of mixed emotions all throughout and I walked out of the meeting room and I saw one of my colleagues who, you know, wasn't involved in the process and was like, Hey Jen, how'd it go? And I was like, I can't talk right now. Went into my office, burst into tears, talked to my husband, calmed me down because this was like this defining moment for me that was like supposed to be the ultimate I've made it and I've done it. And yet my department wasn't going to recommend me. Basically what happened was that the Dean did recommend me for both. And so did the the provost, who was kind of at the top yeah. um, of the university. And ultimately, with all of that evidence um, in, in place, the university committee did decide to grant me both tenure and promotion. So that is the the good side of the story. But the learning moment was like the dean – knows what I'm doing, (laughs) the (laughs) provost knows what I'm doing and sees the value that I'm adding. Yet the people who are right in front of me, the people who I spend every single day with don't. And I realized looking back on it almost 10 years later that I took that for granted. I just assumed that they knew all that I was doing and they didn't. And so that was really kind of the worst but defining moment for me in my career that I knew I was never going to make that mistake ever again.
0: Right. Okay. It, yeah, it's definitely an interesting story. Um I, I presumably you you've taken what you learned from that into your coaching career as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's where evangelizing your excellence comes from. Like I said, I learned that mistake and so that so that you so that our clients don't don't have to make that mistake. Because so many times we just assume, oh, they know what I'm doing. I don't have to tell them. I, I did it, I, guilty, guilty as charged, you know? And so, absolutely, I learned from that, but it took some time. Honestly, I was bitter. I was very bitter and I was very mad. You know, I was just like, how dare they not? You know, how dare they not recommend me? They're supposed to. It's my department. You know, they're supposed to have my back. But when I turned it from that to what can I do? What can I do differently? What can I make sure that I not do again and take really extreme ownership of my own career? That's how I was able to turn it around. And ultimately, when I was thinking about okay, it's time for me to move on in my academic career, that was not the reason that I did. By the way, I was I was a you know associate professor, senior member of the faculty for five more years after that. I absolutely loved it, Um, and then just decided to move on and start my own business. When I was thinking about how who am I going to help and how am I going to help people, that played um, a really important role in that.
0: So, moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success?
1: Yeah, and this was relatively recent. Um, so, in in building um, our business uh, at the People Stack, we are a coaching company, um, basically. That that's the industry that we're in. And last year was our third year in business, and we did six figures last year. And this was building from nothing <laughs> to year one, to year two, to year three, and doing six figures. And for those of those of you who may not be familiar with the coaching industry most coaches and consultants don't make more than thirty or forty thousand dollars a year, US US dollars. So to do that in our third year was just a huge accomplishment because it sort of signifies not only that this is working, but the the impact that we're having and it's resonating and it's just so awesome to see our clients really getting the amazing results that they are.
0: Great. I presume you've got some good Career stories from people you've been dealing with as well.
1: I do, and I've been doing more to to share those stories as well. um, Because as I hear other stories, I'm like, hey, maybe people want to hear the stories of our clients as well. (laughs) In the beginning, it felt honestly, it felt a little weird, like you know, do you know, because it's it's a very private kind of thing, actually, um, to a certain respect. But especially when people are doing great, they want to share it with the world. Like, hey, look at what I did and you can do it too. So yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool. Okay. Um, So Jen, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular?
1: I think because it's always changing. And I love change and I embrace change. And the best way that I can describe it that sort of makes me so excited about it is the way that we talk to our son. So we have a nine-year-old son and of course we talk with him about, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? But what my husband, what Rob says is, you know, you know what, buddy, you know, you may want to do this right now, but I want to let you know that when I was your age, you know, when I was nine, when I was 10, what I'm doing now, so my husband, my husband now is a VP of engineering. So what I'm doing now didn't exist when I was your age. You know, so he was 10 back in the 90s. No, the 80s, 80s. (laughs) So back in the 80s, like we're yeah. old now. <laughs> um, but back in the 80s, like this was just like, oh, wow, cool. I got my first computer. Like the concept of there being a vice president of software engineering, like what's that? <laughs> you know, So that's what's super exciting for me is the idea that it's changing and it's changing in a great way. And that we can't even predict all the wonderful stuff that's going to happen in the next two years, five years, 10 years.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I also think that there's so much opportunity as a result of that change as well.
1: Absolutely, for sure.
0: Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now, um, which might be a little bit interesting in this instance. So we'll see how that goes. You ready for this? Okay. What first attracted you to uh, a career in IT?
1: I've always loved tech. Like back in the eighties, when we got our first computer, my parents gave it to my brother. Like my brother got a computer for Christmas. I was like, "Hey, I want to play too," <laughs> you know. And so I've always loved technology and always been you know staying on top of the the latest technology and tech trends. And so to be a part of that community and to help the people who build the things <laughs> and write the code, um, it just feels like so at home with me. And those are they're always the people that I've surrounded myself with, and I feel the best with um and so it's it's my home it's my community
0: and what is the best career advice you've ever received
1: it's take Extreme Ownership it's it's your career it's no one else's you're in the driver's seat
0: yeah that, that's one of my favorites as well um a lot of companies oh sorry a lot of people work for companies where they expect their careers to be looked after for them and I don't believe that's ever the case anymore maybe it was 30 years ago but but careers are very different now and I think you really have to look after your own career absolutely if you were to begin your career again right now what would you do this is an interesting question
1: (laughs) I wouldn't do anything differently I've loved everything that has happened in my life this far um I would just replay it in the same way um it's just because that's based on my core beliefs of everything that happens in life happens for us and gives us those opportunities to build our strength. So I wouldn't do it in any other way.
0: And what career objectives are you currently focusing on?
1: So currently, in terms of in terms of my own career, in terms of business, is, is scaling the business is taking it from, you know, six figures a year and joining as what some of my entrepreneur friends call the two comma club. Um, So building a million dollar business. Um, So we're, you know, we're absolutely on that path. And so what that means is it's going to mean scaling. It's going to mean hiring people, um, hiring folks to help out with sales and marketing, hiring people to help out with the coaching piece of it. And so for me, what that means is shifting from right now doing a little bit of everything, honestly, because it's really just me and my husband. It's really just me and Rob, to really embracing more of that CEO role of being the person who sets the strategic vision, still does coaching. I still want to do that. Like having direct access to the clients and helping them on calls and everything, but stepping away from some of the operation stuff, like the marketing and the sales and the, you know, the administrative stuff and really being the the true leader of, of the business as opposed to doing a little bit of everything.
0: Sure. So I think that the phrase people often use is working, on the business rather than in the business?
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel like right now we're doing both, um, but I want to, you know, sort of be able to step back and instead of being, you know, sort of like caught up in all the minutiae of it, it being that strategic vision, strategic visionary leader.
0: Yes. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
1: (laughs) What did I come up with? I thought about this one a little bit. I was like, writing maybe but writing is still somewhat technical um writing is very much like coding I don't I know enough code to get by you know um, in terms of like software coding but you know writing is like that so it, that's sort of like my first answer but in terms of the other non-technical skill I think it's the way that I manage my time, um, I believe I'm I'm naturally good at that. I have a naturally good relationship with time. You know, I kind of know what time it is, and I, <laughs> I like to use every, make sure that every moment uh, is used as effectively and efficiently as possible, and have fun doing it as well. So that's what helped me helps me to kind of stay balanced and not just like rush, rush, rush through everything.
0: Sure. Um, Jen, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience?
1: So I'm just I'm going to go back to the best advice that I ever received, which is to take extreme ownership, to be in the driver's seat. Uh, The other way that we look at this, uh, if we want another metaphor, is that a lot of people, unbeknownst to them, that they're the pawns in their career. Like if you imagine your career as a chess game, they're pawns in their careers because they're just kind of letting stuff happen to them and waiting for the next opportunity to come up. But actually, you're the player you're the one who gets to move the pieces around. Um, so that's what I would um, encourage everyone to take a hard look in the mirror. And while it could be a tough, really tough pill to swallow, I was talking with someone one time who talked about the golden handcuffs. Like he feels like he has this golden, golden handcuffs because like I'm in this great position, but I don't really like where I work, but I'm making a lot of money, but you know, I'm working 60 hour weeks, but I have these golden handcuffs, Jen. And then I asked him who put them on. Who put those golden handcuffs on? And he said, yeah, wow. <laughs> you know." And guess <laughs> who can take them off?
0: Yep. And so
1: it can be really hard to realize, well, I'm the one who put myself in this situation, but I can get myself out because I'm the player. I'm not just a pawn.
0: Exactly. You take that analogy further. You can say he has the key.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yep. You, you may not realize that you actually have that key. It's right, yep. it's right there. It's right there in front of you.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, And Jen, finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you?
1: So the best way to connect with me on social is on LinkedIn. Uh, So you could just send me a LinkedIn connection request. I respond to all of my connection requests and we can start a conversation that way. And if people want to find out more about what we do at The People Stack and the kind of transformations, career transformations that we help people to um, achieve, uh, you can check out our webinar. Uh, We have a, it's about an hour webinar. If you go to thepeoplestack.com slash webinar, you can check that out there.
0: Jen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
1: It's been great chatting with you too, Phil. Thank you so much.
0: As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.